0: Disciple's house, please be seated. Let's see, our meditation for this week uh, is 1 Corinthians 13, verse 5, out of the uh, Amplified Classic. Um, It says, it, meaning love, does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. Well, I think this is something every one of us can agree with. We all uh, nobody rejoices at injustice or unrighteousness, but everybody rejoices when right and truth prevail. I mean, most everyone, any, any, everyone I know. Yep. So this should be an easy confession. I am born of love. Therefore, I do not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness. But I rejoice when right and truth prevail. Praise God! All right, so uh, coming up, upcoming events. Uh, let's see. Uh, this week we're gonna we're gonna have uh, uh, we're gonna be working on the sound equipment back there. We're gonna be getting it all pulled out and taking pictures of it and writing down all, uh, all what all we have so that we can get it sold and stuff and get that back room emptied out. Hopefully soon, you know, but uh, if anyone would like to help with that, uh, please talk to Miss Ann after service. Uh, We're also going to be checking the, the, you know, like the speakers to make sure they work and that kind of stuff. So we'll have to plug them in and all that kind of stuff. So um, it will require some moving of equipment. and Some of that is heavy. So we would appreciate any help. All right. So uh, coming up, uh, the remaining art trip money is due uh, March 17th. That's in two weeks. Uh, so keep that in mind, uh, and if you if you don't remember how much that remaining is, you can I, I believe there's still some pamphlets on the table back there that you can look at and see how much you have left. All right, and then uh, let's see, Contending Faith Bible Conference is coming up at Pigeon Forge on March 19th through the 21st with Brother Randy Greer. Um, March 29th is going to be our Believer Service Good Friday. That'll be at 7 p.m. Uh, Easter Sunday, uh, 10 a.m. service. Uh, we'll have a celebration service for uh, for um, the Resurrection Day, and then we'll follow that up with a with a fellowship dinner. All right. So, and the details for that are in the bulletin. Uh, let's see. The Ark Encounter is, is coming up. That's the eight, April 18th through the 20th. That's a Thursday through Saturday, and uh, we'll be going to the Ark Encounter and the Creation Museum, and we're going to have a good time for that. Um, if anybody hasn't, isn't, uh, has dropped out or anything, but wants to get back in or they, or they didn't get a chance to get in, we still have some openings for that, so just let us know after service if that's the case, but if not, then we'll, we'll see how it goes. All right, and then, uh, let's see, Brother Randy is going to be having another uh, meeting, It's going to be Authority Over Devils and Seducing Spirits Seminar. That'll be in Dayton, Tennessee, and that'll be April 30th through May 2nd. And then, of course, Generation Life Youth Camp is coming up in July. Okay. So that's our upcoming events for now. Stay tuned for newer and more up-to-date stuff. But that's it for the moment. (laughs) Lord, we come before you today. We rest in your presence. We thank you that whenever we gather together to meet with you, that you meet with us, that you show up and you are here and you give us our, your peace and, we, and you give us your, your Holy Spirit and that you, are, you lead us and guide us. We thank you that we can lay our troubles at your feet and not pick them back up. We thank you that we can lay ourselves at your feet And not pick that back up. We don't have to worry about anything. We just have to seek you. Lord, we know that you are the answer, the ultimate answer. You're the answer to everything. You're the name above all names. You're the healer, the teacher, the guide. You show us the way that we should go. All we have to do is seek you. Lord, we just love you, and we thank you for being here with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, Disciples House. Let's do our confession. We are a holy nation, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and a peculiar people, chosen by God himself for this day and this hour, to bring in the latter rain and the calling away of the church. We are not a Laodicean church. Our mouths and hearts are one in our love and zeal for God. We speak the truth and protect the truth. We walk in God's steady stream of power
1: and provision in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Yes, thank you, thank you, Lord Jesus. We're here to honor and glorify you, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit. Let this be a sweet, sweet
0: sound. Well, let's show the Lord how much we love Him. One, two, three. Who tells?
2: every morning colors the sky with the shades of his
1: We honor you today, Lord Jesus. Glory be your name. Oh, praise you, Lord Jesus. Thank you so much, Lord Jesus, for your love, your direction, your correction, your way, Lord Jesus. Oh, always, 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 Jesus, glory, glory, glory. Another new song about our Lord Jesus yes. join us. Three, four, five.
3: Approach communion this morning, and then we'll continue on with praise and worship. Um, uh, um, what's the purpose of communion? Well, we can find that in the scriptures in several places, uh, but we're going to look at First um, Corinthians chapter 11 at the moment. First Corinthians chapter 11, and uh, if you're familiar with the word at all. Uh, First Corinthians 12 is where uh, Paul begins to teach us about operating in spiritual gifts. And uh, the spiritual gifts cannot operate in you or through you um, to the fullness that they're supposed to if you have active sin in your life, um, if you're not living clean and holy. So it was very fitting that the Holy Spirit had... Paul addressed communion before he addressed the spiritual gifts. And here in verse 24, verse 11, Jesus tells us, um, he says to us, he said, And when he had given thanks, he break it and said, Take and eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. We break the unleavened bread in remembrance of Christ. We break the bread to signify and to show that we recognize that Jesus' body was broken for us. That's why we do that. And in verse 25, Jesus says this. After the same manner
0: also he took the cup, when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me.
3: So see, Jesus had already supped. He would already drank. He, he took a drink of the wine. But let me be very clear. This was not wine like we get on our, on our, on our alcohol shelves. This wine was the freshly squeezed juice. In the scriptures, the Greek, the, the Greek language and the Hebrew language does not have a word for juice. They use the same word for juice and the same word for wine. And, and um, there's actually three, three types. When you study this word wine out, you find out that there's three types. There's the freshly squeezed juice, which is what Jesus partook of. That's actually what, when he turned the water into wine, at the wedding, he didn't turn it into alcohol. He didn't say, let's get drunk. That's not what Jesus said. What Jesus turned the water into was the finest of the freshly squeezed juice. There was no fermentation in it whatsoever, it was pure juice. Um, and then they had what's called banqueting wine. Now they didn't have, like, you know, we have pasteurization and, 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 uh, and, you know, they seal the containers and air doesn't get in there and so food doesn't decay. Well, they didn't have that ability in their day. Uh, so what they would do is they would put fresh wine into uh, leather bags or into barrels that had a little bit of space to it because they knew that as the air got to the wine, what would happen is bacteria out of the air would get in the wine and the wine would begin to ferment, or a better way to put it, is the juice would begin to rot. But it was still drinkable at that point. But here's the deal about the banqueting wine. The priests were never allowed to touch it. They were allowed to pour it out for a sacrifice to God, but they were not allowed to take it to their lips. And then there's what they called hard wine. And that's what we refer to t- today as wine, is it was wine that sugar was added to, to, to speed up the decaying process and to make it more intoxicating on purpose. And that, and Jesus never touched that. So what he drank was some freshly squeezed wine, and he said, he said, when you drink this cup, he said, this is a, th- remember, this is, He said, this represents my blood of the New Testament. See, because Jesus' blood was poured out as a living sacrifice, his blood being poured out washes away our sin. It makes our slate perfectly clean. So when we are born again, when we come into Jesus, we're 100% born again, fresh and new. No sin is on our record. None. However... And this is where it gets confusing for a lot of people. That moment that our sin gets washed away, that's called remission. You can only have your sins remitted or have the remission of sins one time. One time. It's kind of like if you're familiar with the courts at all, you can get your record expunged one time. It's a one-and-done it's a, it's a one deal. You can't get your record expunged and expunged and expunged and expunged once you get it done once, that's it. Then it's your job to, stay, to, to stop being a criminal from a legal standpoint. From a spiritual standpoint, it's the same. Once your sins are washed away, it's your responsibility to live sin-free.
0: It's your responsibility. Now, now, we say that our sins are washed away. But in reality, what happened is Jesus paid the price for our sins. That's right. Our sins were paid for by his blood and by him going to hell and, and spending that time in hell for us. Right. He paid that price, and we should honor him for that.
3: So, Pastor, what happens when I get born again and I'm not taught that I, that I can live sin-free? What happens when I'm taught that I can live sin-free, but I, but I struggle to do it? What happens when I mess up and I sin? Oh, thank God for God. Thank God for his goodness. Thank God for his goodness. He made a way for us. And that's through the act of repentance. Now, y'all stay right here in in 1 Corinthians 11. And up here on the board, I'm going to ask our our sound people, our tech people, to put up 1 John 1.9. 1 John 1.9. First John one nine says this: If we will confess our sins, what is a sin? It's no, it's when we do wrong, when we knew to do right, when we when we did a criminal act in the eyes of God. We went against His word. When we do, if we will, if we will confess. See, first John 1, 9, it's been said that's written to the sinner. No, honey, go up and read the first part, the first few verses. You'll find out that this book was written to the believer. So he's talking to us, the church. And he said, if we will confess our sins, in other words, this is a choice. If we'll confess our sin, who do we need to confess our sin to?
1: Well, God. first
3: and foremost, to the Father God. Now, there are circumstances where if you have sinned against a person, you need to go confess to that person that you were wrong and how you behaved to them and treated them. But if we'll confess our sins, if we'll say, Father, I behaved this way. Father, I was rude to this person, and I shouldn't have been. Father, I talked about this person behind their back, and I shouldn't have. Father, I took part in the alcohol, and I know that I shouldn't have. Father, I did this or I did that. Confess. If we'll confess our sins, He, the Father, is what? He is faithful, and He is just to forgive us our sins. Not only is he faithful and just to forgive us, he is also faithful and just. Look at what it says. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us. In other words, that's how we get that sin washed off again. So you've got the remission, but the remission is only once. The confession of sins, this is repentance. Now here's the deal. This confession does not simply mean you go, well, Father, I I took part in that alcohol and I knew I shouldn't have, so Father, forgive me. And then you go to the cabinet and you get more alcohol. That's not what this is. Repentance is not the asking of forgiveness. Repentance is from that place in your heart, from the same place that you received Jesus Christ, from that place you go, that was so wrong, and I am never going to do that again. Lord, I purpose in my heart. I, am, I will fight that urge with everything in me, and, Father, help me not to make that mistake again. You mean it from your heart. And then you turn from that thing, and you go, I ain't never doing that again. Well, what do you mean you turn from it? Well, if alcohol is your problem, you go to your cabinet, you dump it out. You dump it out. You pour it down the drain. You pour it down to get rid of it if, if smoking's your problem throw it away don't give it to somebody else throw it away don't help them in their sin no throw it out if cussing's your problem buddy put a rock on your mouth learn learn to go <laughs> just because you think it don't mean you need to say it <laughs> you know if whatever the problem is purpose in your heart to not do it again now, but what if I slip up? What if, Pastor, what if I go pour that alcohol out? What if I go? What if I go cleanse my computer of that pornography? What if I dump out all those dirty pictures? What if I? What if I'm holding on with everything in me not to cuss? What if I'm refusing this? what if I make up? I mean, I'm working this thing hard, but man, I hit a bump and I hit. I hit a hard day, and I and before I know it, I'm doing those things again. Immediately repent. As soon as you realize man i 've messed up, immediately repent again, so I just keep repenting all the days of my life. If you mean it from your heart here 's what the second repentance means, Father, I told you i I meant not, I, I, Lord, I meant it when I said i wasn 't going to do this thing anymore, and Lord, I was working it i lord I, Lord, I made it a few hours that 's the best i 've ever done i've made it a few hours lord lord i 'm so sorry, Father. Father, and you go back. You dump it out. You get rid of it. Do whatever. Father? Help me to do better. Help me to get free. See, the Lord, the Word tells us who the Lord sets free, who Jesus sets free, is free indeed. But you have to work to stay free. You have to work to stay free. So, your Father, help me. Help me not to give in. See, the Bible tells us that we have to submit to God, resist the devil. What does that mean? You've got to resist you got to resist that sin. you got to say, I'm not going to do it. Is it going to be hard on the flesh? Yes. Is it going to be uncomfortable on the flesh? Yes. Are you going to feel like, oh, my God, if I don't have it, I'm going to die? Yes. But I will promise you one thing. You will not resist to the point that you sweat blood because Jesus has already resisted to that point for you. In other words, Jesus will come in and stand next to you and support you and aid you and get you through it before you ever get to the point that you're resisting with such intensity that you start sweating blood. Why? Because Jesus resisted to that degree. He resists because he he so badly did not want to go to the cross. He so badly wanted to say, you want me to go die for these hypocrites? I don't think so, Jesus, Father God. He so badly did not want to have that crown of thorns. He did not want to be whipped. He did not want to become one with sin. He did not want to take on our sickness. And that pressure to say, God, I can't do it, was on him to the point that he literally began to sweat blood out of the pores of his body. You will never get to that point. Never. But when you slip up, when you trip, when you, when you, when, when you, when you, when you hit that place and, and you step into sin, you confess. And he is faithful and just to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. He's faithful to say, honey, I hear it from your heart. I know you mean it. I know you gave it your best effort. Now come on, let's get up. Let's dust off. Let's let's brush off the dust and let's do it again. Come on, let's do it again. I've watched. I don't even see it, and you're sitting there going, "Oh, I'm so sorry." I so, crying for 30 minutes, and and he, he's like 29 of the minutes. He's like. What are you even talking about? Because the instant you ask is the instant he forgives you. It's the instant. It's just like being, that thing is just washed off your slate just like that. Boom. It's gone. Now, back to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. He said, Jesus said this, starting in verse 28.
0: Verse 28, he said this. But let a man examine himself. And so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup.
1: Here
0: is,
3: the, here is the requirement for taking communion. That you examine yourself. And here's why it's so important that you examine yourself.
0: Verse 29. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily. Eateth and drinketh damnation to himself or herself. Not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak. And sickly among you, and many sleep. Verse 31. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged.
3: See, here's the situation. You need to understand. You are going to be judged for your sins. You have two choices. You can either judge yourself, and you can say, Lord, I'm guilty. And you can repent, and you can turn from that sin And the Father can forgive you and cleanse you. Or you can hold on to your sin and take your sin with you to the grave, potentially even an early grave. That's what that scripture just said. And then on judgment day, you will be judged of the Father or the Lord Jesus. That's not where you want to be judged. But if you'll judge yourself, then you can be cleansed and live guilt-free Now, Pastor Mike, if you'll serve the elements, so here's what we're going to do. As he serves the elements, I'm going to read you another scripture. I'm going to read out of uh, 2 Corinthians 13. I'm going to read out of 2 Corinthians 13, if I can get there. You're good. Go ahead. If you'll take the bread and take the cup, and if you don't want to take communion, you don't have to. Because we saw that if you won't judge yourself and you take communion, you condemn yourself. And you don't want to condemn yourself. So if you're not willing to judge yourself, I highly recommend that you don't take communion. Nobody's going to judge you for that. But 1 Corinthians, or 2 Corinthians 13.5 says this. says, examine yourselves. Rather you be in faith. See, if you're in faith then you can trust God that God will help you overcome your weaknesses. If you're in faith, then you can trust that God has set you free from hell and, and damnation. If you're in faith, you, you, have, you can exercise the word. You can say, Father, I'm missing it over here and I'm missing it over there. Father, I, I confess I've missed it. He said, examine yourself rather you be in faith. Figure out, are you in faith or not? He says, prove your own selves. Check yourselves. Check yourselves. Know ye not that you are your own selves? How that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobates. What that word reprobates means, not approved. See, if you know that you have Jesus on the inside, first of all, Let me help you. The sinner, the person that lives a sinful lifestyle, the sinner knows that they're not right with God. They know that they're not approved of God. They know that they're headed to hell. They know it. They know it. They have an emptiness on the inside. They know it. And that's what the Lord said here. He said, judge yourself. Judge yourself. Examine yourself. Do you believe? Do you are you are you are you? uh, uh, Do you belong to Christ or do you belong to yourself? Who do you belong to? Are you in sin? Are you out of sin? Who do you belong to? He said, "Examine yourself." And the reason it's important that we examine ourselves is because it's far better for us to judge ourselves than for us to be judged. By the Father. Now, some people will say, well, I don't feel qualified for communion. I don't feel like I deserve because I know I've got some issues in my life. Well, so it's, it, it takes t- 30 seconds to qualify. It's simply making the decision, Father, I will examine myself. And I will repent from the things I'm doing. And I will make a change.
2: Just leave right there,
3: And I will make a change. Now, I believe Miss Kathy. Is it just you that has a worship song, or is it the whole team for communion? Is the whole team? So how, here's how we're going to do communion. Because you can do this even at home. What we're they're going to sing a song, and while they sing this song, you yourself judge yourself. And if there's things that you need to repent for, go ahead and repent. <laughs> Go ahead and say, Father, I've missed it here and I've missed it there and I've changed. Once you've done that, once you've examined yourself and you recognize that Jesus' body has been broken for for you, go ahead, and break the bread and take part in it. Then take a few minutes, moments, and and realize that his blood was poured out for you. And that his blood has washed you clean of those sins that you have just repented of. And if you have no sin, if you think, man, I am living clean, I am living holy, then say this, say, Father, if there's anything that I'm not aware of, if there's any sin that I'm not aware of, Father, reveal it to me so that I may repent. If he brings something to your mind, then repent. And if he says, no, you're good, then rejoice. But then take the bread, take the cup. See, communion means you're having a time of fellowship a time of communion with the Father. You're communing, you're fellowshipping, you're praying, you're talking to Him. So you get to take the bread in your time. You get to take the cup in your time. And, 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 and be, why? Because this is holy and this is something that, yes, we do together as a body, but it is also something that you do separately, just between you and the Father. And if you didn't take the bread and the cup because you said, well, I don't qualify, I don't, I don't, I'm not ready, that's totally fine. But if, rather, why, if, but if you're sitting there and you choose to judge yourself and you say, you know what, I wish I had, well, it's right here. Come and get it. It's available to you. It's available to you. See, it's so important that we don't do this out of religious duty. It's so important that we don't do this simply because it's what you do when you go to church. It's so important that we do this the way Jesus told us to do it. So as they worship, you take communion. And then, and then from there, we'll go on to worship. Glory to God. Thank you, Father.
0: You are the
2: Alpha. You are the Omega. You are the Lord. You are the You bring my
3: Let's just, let's just be still. There's stillness in His presence. So let's honor that move as well. Let's just settle. Let's just, let's just, let's, let's, let's just breathe in that breath of life and let, and let our spirits commune with that breath. Oh, and thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you for your peace. Father, we thank you for your stillness. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, we just, we just rest in your presence. Father, we just take a few moments to just rest in your presence. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for your time of refreshing. Thank you,
2: Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father.
3: Thank you, Father. Miss Ella, would it be okay with you if I just prayed over you? You can just stay right there. I just want to come pray over
1: you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father.
3: Father, I thank you. It's just oil is all it is. Father, I thank you for Miss Ella. Father, I just... Fill her with your peace from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. Father, in your presence there's peace. In your presence there's silence of the mind. In your presence no demon of hell can operate. Father, in your presence there's freedom. And Father, I just ask that you touch Miss Ella from the top of her head to the soles of her feet with your peace, with your rest, with your joy, with your comfort. Father, just fill her to the overflow. Father, the devil has lied to her for so long. The devil has told her you'll never rest a day in your life. There'll never be any peace for you. There'll never be any freedom for you. But those are lies straight from the pits of hell. Father, give her a glimpse. Father, I know you can't bring it to pass without her surrendering. But Father, it's so foreign to her, she doesn't even think it's possible. So Father, give her a glimpse. Father, if she can see it, she can believe for it. Father, help her to see it. Help her to see it. Help her to see it. Oh, there it is. There it is. There it is. Right there. There it is. Oh, right there. Oh. Oh, Father, just thank you. Oh, thank you. The anointing power of God. Breaking the yoke. Breaking the lies of Satan. Bringing truth to the mind. Bringing truth to the heart. There's a better way. There's a better way. There's a better way. Father, help her to see it. Help her desire it, desire it. And Father, help her to respond to that desire on the inside. Hosiki. Father, thank you. Thank you. Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Miss Ella, just take a deep breath. What that does is that helps you just to receive it. Oh, thank you, Father. There it is. There it is. There it is. Father, a new a new place of rest. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Oh, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you that the bondages of Satan are being broken.
2: Yes, father
3: Lord. we thank you that sickness is being broken. Yes,
2: Lord. Father we
3: thank you that disease is being broken. Yes,
2: father Lord. we thank
3: you that the strongholds of Satan are being broken.
2: Yes, father Lord. we
3: thank you that the power of addiction is being broken. Father we thank you that the lives yes, of Satan is being broken. Yes, father Lord. we thank you that health and freedom. Health and freedom yes, in every area and in every way. In Jesus mighty name. Thank you father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. It's all right with you if we obey the Holy Ghost, right?
0: Amen. Glory
3: to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, I thank you for Brother Richard. Father, I thank you for him. Father, the devil has been lying to him. Father, the devil has been telling him you've not been set free. Father, the devil has been causing confusion in his mind and is trying to convince him that it's the Parkinson's. But it's not. I see it clearly. It's a spirit of confusion that's trying to grab a hold. And Father, I thank you for breaking that spirit of confusion off of him right now in Jesus' name. Brother Richard, it's a counter attack. It's a counterattack. That's what it is. The devil's trying to bring confusion to your mind so you'll accept that you've not been healed, but you have been healed. So do not accept that confusion. When you feel like confusion comes, you boldly declare, Confusion go in Jesus' name. I do not receive the counterattack. I know that I'm the healed of the Lord. Declare it boldly in Jesus' name. Oh nehasuki <speaking> Ishande. <in Hebrew> Masodeha. Father, I thank you for revealing the counterattack. Father, I thank you for revealing the counterattack. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Father God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Let's just wait a few more minutes. Let's just wait a few more minutes. Just pull on the anointing. Father, is there anything else? Father, is there anything else? Father, is there anyone else? Is there anything else? Father, my prayer, my heart, Father, is that you meet the need of every person that hears this message in-house and online. Father, rather they hear it live or they hear it later, Father God, begin to speak clarity to their mind. Begin to reveal truth to their spirits. Father, begin to break the bondages of Satan off of them in Jesus' name. Father, begin to reveal the truth of love. Father, begin to break addiction out of the households. Father, begin to break the um, complacency and lukewarmness out of the houses and out of the homes and out of the hearts of the people that are even in the church. Father, I thank you that you're working and you're moving in these lives. Father, I thank you that Satan has no hold on them because they are under the leadership of a shepherd. And, Father, we, Michael and I put the blood of Jesus round about them. Father, we put a bloodline of protection around them. We charge the angels round about them to watch over them, to provide for them. To have their hand upon them, to bring them provision financially, provision socially, provision mentally, provision physically, provision socially in every area of life, Father God. And Father, I thank you that while the world is in lo- is lost and in confusion, that those that are in this house, father those that receive us online, Father that they walk not confused, but they see clearly the time that we 're living in, that they be not dismayed, full of anxiety, full of fear, full of Full of worry and concern. But, Father, they confidently know that you're their Lord. You're their God. You're their provider that sees ahead and makes a way. And, Father, we glorify you. I heard this just clear as I could. I I heard it. I just heard the Lord say it. Tell him, the job is on the way. The one I created, the one that I made. Begin to rejoice for me that it's here, that you have it. The job that I created, the job that I made, that I have it. Begin to declare it. Oh Glory, glory, glory. Glory, glory, glory. Begin to declare, Mari and Bridget both, begin to declare that you're the head, not the tail. Begin to declare that you have more than enough. Begin to declare that you're not in a financial strait. Begin to declare that you are, that God has made a way for you in a supernatural way. Begin to declare that your bank accounts are full. Begin to declare that your money is supernaturally multiplied. Begin to declare the promises of God and you'll see the goodness of his hand glory 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 Lord. glory glory glory, glory 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 in fact i'm just going to tell you you're going to have to do something by faith there's something you, you two got to get together and, and just by faith we've got the money to do it by faith we've got the ability to do it by faith just get out there and do something that says see we've got more than enough god By faith. I'm not pressuring you in any way. Not pressuring you in any way. You'll know what to do. It might be something as simple as you treat yourself to a date. might be something simple. But do something by faith that says, Lord, we trust in your provision. Do it by faith. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray some more. Father. Father, I just uh, Father, I'm not expecting things to happen. I just I don't want to miss anything. I don't want to miss anything. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Lord. Miss Sue, I hear the Lord say, tell her. To trust me to make a way. Trust him. Just trust him. Don't try to figure it out in your own might and power. Every time it comes to mind, Father, I thank you that you're figuring it out. Father, I thank you that you're making a way. Just begin to say every, every time. I don't know what it is. You know what it is. But just begin to say, Father, I thank you that you've made a way. Father, I thank you that you've made a way. See, see when, when, when our natural minds believe that there is no way, love makes a way. The Father God makes a way. When it seems like there is no hope, God makes hope come to pass. There is a way. There is a way. There's always a way. But so often, so often we get to looking at the circumstance from the natural. So often we get to looking at, well, this won't work and that won't work and this won't come to pass. You know, there's no way I can make more income. There's no way I can get better. There's no way I'll ever have a house. There's no way I'll ever get healed. There's no way. There's no way. There's no way. The doctors have said, there's no way. The finances say, there's no way. The bank account says, there ain't no way. There ain't no way. There ain't no way. Oh, no, but God says, there's a way. God says, there's a way. Come on, there's a way. There's always a way. You just gotta, huh?
0: He is the way. He
3: is the way. He is the way. There is a way. We just have to change who we look to to make the way. So often we're looking to us or we're looking to somebody else. But no, there's a way. There is a way. There's a way to break free. There's a way to come through. There's a way to get over to where you need to be. And that way is Him. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the way. He is. is the way. And we need to quit looking at self. See, there's been a problem with humanity since the garden. There's been a problem with Adam and Eve. There was a problem in the garden before they ever ate of the fruit of the tree. See, God made them gods of this world. But then Satan came along. And Satan said, oh... But if you'll partake in this thing that God said not to partake in then you'll be like God's. And he'll be, and he'll be um, what's the word I'm looking for? And he'll be concerned that you're going to overthrow him. He doesn't want you to know the power that you could have because then his authority is at risk. Uh-uh. See, he lied. And Adam and Eve, Eve went, oh, we could be like God's. We could be like gods. We could be the rulers of our, of our own life.
2: Well, already were.
0: The deception was that they already were.
3: They already were. They already were gods of their own life. What did he do? Did he, what, did, what, did, what, did, what did Satan give to Adam and Eve through, through the lie? He gave them the one thing they did not have access to. Y'all are looking at me real confused. He gave them access to the curse. It's the only thing he has is the curse. The only thing that Satan has is lack, poverty, sickness, disease, destruction. That's the only thing he has. It's the only thing he was able to give them. Oh, but but man said, oh, you mean I'm missing something? I want that something. Listen, (laughs) you don't want what they have. No, you want what God has. And with God, there's a way. We have to stop looking to our father Satan. Yeah, I said it, our father Satan. Jesus said it. Jesus said it. See, the father of the flesh is Satan. The father of the flesh is Satan. But the father of the spirit is God. And when you walk by the spirit, when you walk according to the spirit, when you when you walk like God walks, when you declare, see the father God declares Things as though they were, not as though they are not, not as they are not. In other words, what does that mean? Well, the reality is, is right now I'm unemployed, flesh. Spiritually, I am employed by the kingdom of God. Amen. I am employed by the Father of Heaven. Employs me. The Father of God has created my job for me the the flesh says i've got sickness and disease the spirit says you ain't got no sickness and disease see you don't say you don't say i've got this sickness i've got that sickness i've got this ailment i've got this problem no you declare i walk in divine health there's no sickness in my body there's no disease that can attach itself to me why because that's what the spirit says yeah. you're calling that now Here's what you need to understand. Faith does not deny reality. Does not deny reality. What faith does is it refuses for your reality to stay the same. And so faith says, I have my own house. Faith says, I have my own independence. Faith says, I have my own independence as far as you're still reliant on God but you're not relying on people. You, you, uh, faith says, I have my own vehicle and it runs perfectly. Faith says, I am not dependent on mama or daddy or brother or uncle or sister or cousin. Faith says, I'm dependent on him. He sees my need ahead of time and he already has my supply in place. Faith says, I have it now. Faith does not say, I will have it in the future. Faith says, I have it right now. Go to Hebrews chapter 11. Actually, don't go to Hebrews chapter 11. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We're not going to get real far, I don't think. We'll see how fast y'all listen this morning. Mm -hmm.
0: Amen. We'll
3: see how fast y'all listen this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians, not 2nd. I'm still over here Yep. Second Corinthians, I need to get to First Corinthians. First Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13. First Corinthians 13:13. 13, 13. Now, now. here we go.
0: Now abideth faith, hope, charity. these three, but the greatest of these is charity Now.
3: This is the end of the the end of the love chapter and he said and now abideth in other words now dwells in us now dwells in us faith hope and love faith hope and love these three somebody says what's the greatest what are, what are the greatest things what are the three key elements of a Christian walk faith hope and love faith hope and love those are your th- Everything about Christianity is based on faith, hope, and love. The greatest of faith, hope, and love is love. The greatest thing. What's it say? But the greatest of these is charity, or the greatest of these is love. Why is it greatest? I'm so glad you asked. Hold your place here and turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Hold your place here. Put your little marker or something so you can get back here quickly. And turn to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. If you find all the T's in the New Testament, just keep going towards the revelations. (laughs) Hebrews chapter 11,
0: verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen.
3: Glory to God. He said, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. You cannot have faith if you do not have hope. You can't. What is hope? Hope is the earnest desire for something. It's the earnest desire. What is an earnest desire? This is not, huh, you know, I'd kind of like to have some pizza. That's casual hope. Yeah, that's casual hope. No, earnest hope is I really, really want it, I really, you've got some, you've got some get up and go to make it happen, okay, faith, look at what it says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, your hope will not work without faith, your, in other words, your hope Will never be produced. What, what you're hoping for will never be produced or never be manifested without faith. So hope is is the foundation. You have to have hope for something. For example, if you're the stark sinner and you hope to someday make heaven, then you uh, then you can put faith towards salvation. But if you never want salvation. If you never hope to make heaven, you'll never apply faith to get born again. Does that make sense? See, you have to have that hope. Um, you know, Michael and I, for years, the great majority of our marriage, we drove faith mobiles. The great majority of our marriage.
0: Still got one in the yard.
3: We still have one in the yard. We just have a passionate love about the faith mobiles. because why? Because God showed us our good, showed us His goodness time and time again in them. But at some point, I'm telling you, after 30 years of, you know, after nearly 30 years of uh, driving hope or driving faith mobiles, you begin to hope earnestly hope for something better. You earnestly begin to build a hope for something better. And, uh, and, and you know, at the time, our faith mobiles were in such a way that God had told us to go out to these meetings. Gatlinburg, Florida, at the time, Tulsa, uh, Missouri. And we're like, Lord, these cars ain't going to make it. <laughs> so we didn't have the faith to believe for a new car, but we had the faith to believe for the funds. Front- For a rental car, it's a whole lot easier to believe for a few hundred dollars than it is to believe for several thousand dollars. So we would get into faith about a rental car, and every time we drive a rental car, I was like, ooh, this has got a nice feature. I like this. What was that doing? It was building my hope. It was building my hope. It was building hope. And finally, one day, Michael was out on a fire, and I got so full of hope that I texted him. And I said, I am, I said, now listen here. I said, I am the daughter of the of God. I am. I am the. I am a queen. I live and reign in this life as a queen. And I'm tired of these faith mobiles. I'm believing Jesus for a brand new car. My brand new car will have leather interior. It will have heated and cooled seats. It will have automatic windows. It will have, I mean, and I went through the list. It will have a key fob.
1: It will have, I mean, it will it will do all these. I mean, that
3: list was long. It was long. Remember that text? It was a long text. And I said, and I'll receive it by faith in Jesus' name. Well, it took some time. For me to get some response. It took a while. In fact, I thought I'm going to have to ask him, did you get the text? And finally came through. Amen. Amen. <laughs> finally.
0: I'm, I'm busy on a fire.
3: <laughs> Amen.
0: <laughs> so it says we have to have faith. And, and, and faith is the substance of, of things hoped for. But what are we having faith in? Come on. God. We're having faith in God. And what, what's specifically about God? Well, we know he has ability, but, but, but what I'm going for here is his love for us. Yeah. Because, because, he
2: loves because, us because he
0: loves us, he wants to give us these things. Yes. Because he loves us, he chose us. Because he loves us, he created us. Because he loves us, he's, he saved us. Because he loved us, he sent his son to die for us on the cross so that we could be separated from sin. So that we might be separated from sin if we just so choose. We still have the choice. Why do we have the choice? Because he loves us. God is love. And this is why in the end, love will be what's left. Because God is love. Glory to God.
3: Now faith is the substance. See, what did I do when I texted Pastor Mike? I put substance to my hope. I engaged my faith. But see, without that hope, without hope, my faith had nothing to believe, to be placed on. I couldn't, I, I couldn't place my hope, my, my faith on anything. So this is why, why faith is greater than hope. Now, but we were looking to see why is love the greatest. We'll go to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. And we'll see why love is the greatest. Verse 6. Galatians 5, 6.
0: For we through the Spirit, Mm waiting.
3: Oh,
0: 6. Sorry. One Mm -hmm. more now. For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love.
3: Now see, what does it mean, uh, for in Jesus Christ neither circumcision or uncircumcision? What that means is, doesn't matter if you're a Jew, doesn't matter if you're a Gentile, doesn't matter if you're a man, doesn't matter if you're a woman, doesn't doesn't matter if you're a good person. You can be the most evil person that's ever existed, get born again, and, and God's going to work for you just the same. Just the same. Just the same. Just the same. You see, why? Because God's no respecter of persons. This is what makes, look at what he says. He said, for in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything. In other words, it doesn't matter if you're Jew. doesn't matter if you're Gentile. doesn't matter doesn't matter if, you, if, if you've been circumcised or uncircumcised. It doesn't matter. But if you're in Christ, faith which worketh by love. Even though, he said, he, here's, here's what we, we want to focus on. Faith worketh by love. Faith worketh by love. You can't place your faith on anything unless you have hope. And your faith will not produce without hope love. Your faith will not produce without love. Your faith will not produce without the love of God in your heart. Will not. Faith will not produce if you're walking outside of that love. Faith will not produce See, because if you're I'm going to kick a sacred cow. Listen to me very carefully. There is a belief that God listens to the prayers of any person, and God will listen to one prayer from anybody, and that is the prayer of salvation. But the sinner who does not have love abiding on the inside, their prayers to the Father God will not work because they don't have love in them. Because their lack of love for the Father causes them to sin, and that sin separates them from God. And God, though He will bless you as far as He can bless you to show you His goodness, cannot answer those prayers. That's why a lot of prayers go unanswered, is because people are full of sin, and that sin is blockading the love of God from working it's blockading it it's blockading it uh I, I remember Mark Hankins uh, we were in a service with Mark Hankins one time and he was talking about love and uh and and treating people right and treating people well and him and his wife Trina, had been married for a short period of time and uh they had both grown up in the church and in God and 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 Mark kind of had a little bit of a rugged side to him, and he kind of had a rough day. And he come in the house, and Trina didn't have. the, I think it was. I think Trina didn't have the dinner ready. I think she she her day had kind of gone kind of sideways, and she didn't have dinner ready. And he walked through the door hungry. And he walked through the door. He didn't greet her. He wasn't kind to her. wasn't pleasant to her. And he kind of scarfed scoffed at her. Just. Oh, why ain't my dinner ready? Don't you know that's supposed to be what you're supposed to, that's that's part of taking care of me? And that, you know, kind of was just kind of rough with her. He said, "Well, I guess I'm going to go. I'm going to go in here and, and pray and talk to the Lord while you get dinner ready." He was just rough with her. So Mark went in the bedroom and went to talk to the Lord. And the Lord said, and the Lord was silent, dead silent. I mean, just silent. And he was trying. To, God, are you there? God, hello. God, or hello. You know, God this and talking to the Lord and no answer, no response. And finally, Mark said, well, Lord, he said, you're not responding to me. What's going on? And the Lord said, I'm not talking to you. He said, well, why not? He said, you treated my daughter unlovingly. You treated my daughter unlovingly. Not your wife, my daughter He said, and tell you, he said, I have nothing to say to you until you go out there and you apologize for treating my daughter so badly. Mark said, I ain't going out there and apologizing for her. She knew how hard I was, and pled his case with an attitude. And he said, Mark, then I guess we're not talking. And the Lord closed his mouth. Closed his mouth. Why? So finally, Mark got himself under control, and went out there and genuinely apologized to Trina. I'm sorry. I was wrong. I didn't treat you appropriately. I didn't treat you like the daughter of the king that you are. I know you've had a rough day. I know you're doing your best to get things taken care of. I was in the flesh. I didn't mean to treat you roughly. I apologize. What did he do? He repented to her, repented to the father, repented to her. He said, is there anything I can help you with? She said, no, I got it. He said, I'm going to go in and speak to the Lord. And so then he went in and he said, Lord, I've apologized. Lord said, I heard you. Now we can have a discussion. See, why? Because faith worketh by love. See, he could not even get his prayers through because of how he had mistreated somebody that the Lord loved. Well, now she's the daughter. Now she's born again. Don't matter. You treat the bum on the street, it's the way people talk, you're treat the you, you, you you're ugly to the homeless person, you know, they're on the road, side of the road. Rather, they're doing it because they're honestly, listen, it's not your job to decide if the person on the side of the road is their conning people or if they're actually in need. It's your job to check your spirit and say, Father, would you have me do anything other than pray for them? And if the Lord says, no, just pray, then you pray. And if the Lord says, yeah, I want you to reach in your wallet and pull out some money and give it to them, then that's what you do. And if the Lord says, I actually, I want you to get out of your vehicle and go sit down with them and talk to them and find out about their situation and pray for them. The Lord had us, one time we were, doing, we were, having, some, we were having some special meetings and there was a guy that was standing out on the side of the road every single day, people bringing him food and everything. And I said, Lord, what should we do? He said, invite him to the meeting. He said, but don't just invite him to the meeting. He said, provide him a meal also. So we went, we got him a meal, we came back. And I said, uh, and he saw the meal in my hand. He went to reach for it. I said, hold on. I said, hold on. I said, before I give you this meal, I said, I want to give you this flyer. So the Lord wants to take care of you every day of your life, but you need to have a relationship with him. We're having some special meetings, and the Lord told me to invite you to these meetings. And if you need a ride, my number's on here. You can call me, and we'll come pick you up. That's all you have to do. Well, i got to go to that meeting to get that meal? I said, no. I said, the meal's yours. I just wanted you to listen to me before I handed you the meal. I handed him the meal. I handed him the flyer. I said, I hope we see you come. Well, did the man show up? Nope. Well, so did you miss here from God? Nope. That's now between him and the man. But it was my job to walk in love towards him. It was my job because if I don't follow love, my faith for the things that I'm hoping for will not produce, will not produce. Well, if love is so important, what exactly is love? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Go back to 1 Corinthians 13 verse 4. We'll see how far into this we get. Verse, right. well, let's read verse 4 through the very first part of verse 8. All right. And we're going to read it in the King
0: James. Charity suffereth long, and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself. Is not puffed up. Doth not behave itself unseemly. Seeketh not her own. Is not easily provoked. Thinketh no evil. Rejoiceth not in iniquity. But rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never faileth.
3: Glory to God. Uh, I'm going to ask them to put this up on the, in the message. We're going to look at the message translation real quick. Um, and I want to look at these verses in the message and in the Amplified Classic. I just want you, we're going to go through and we're going to read them. I'm not there yet.
2: Oh, well, it's um,
3: to go there, but... Okay. Uh, I want to read them in the message and I want to read them in the Amplified Classic because it gives you a slightly different view. And then we'll go through and, and kind of define these things. All right. So the message picks up actually in verse 3. The message actually picks up in verse 3
0: says, if I give everything I own to the poor and even go to the stake to be burned as a martyr, but I don't love, I've gotten nowhere. So no matter what I say, what I believe, and what I do, I'm bankrupt without love.
3: See, if we're not walking in the love of God. Now, this is not talking about human natural love. Human natural love hits a ceiling. Human natural love acts out. Human natural love gives up. Human natural love gives in. Human natural love will will just, you know, people say, well, oh, we just fell out of love. That's because you were operating in human mental love, not the love of God. Here, we're talking about the love of God, the character of God. We're talking about the love that lives inside our spirit. Let's continue on, and let's see how this reads, because it makes it, Kind of stupid simple.
0: Love never gives up.
3: See, love never quits. Dad Hagen's used to say it this way. Dad Hagen said the God of love has never been to divorce court. Never. Never. Now, I'll tell you, after 33 years of marriage, there have been plenty of days that Michael and I, one, or one of us or both of us has said, that's it, we're dying, we can't do this anymore. See, that's human love. But then the love of God rose up. And the love of God said, well, divorce isn't an option, so I guess we better figure this thing out. I guess we better talk this thing through. You need to hear me. I need to hear you. We need to come to an understanding. See, love never quits. Love never gives up.
0: Love cares more for others than for self.
3: Glory to God. See, human love is all about me,
0: me, me. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Come on. Love doesn't strut. Love or, or, or it doesn't have a swelled head. Doesn't force itself on others. Isn't always me first. Doesn't fly off the handle. I was
3: trying to do it without the bars popping up.
0: <laughs> doesn't keep score of the sins of others. Doesn't reveal or revel when others grovel. In other words, it doesn't get get happy when other people are groveling. Mm -mm. Takes pleasure in the flowering of truth.
3: Glory to God.
0: Puts up with anything. Trusts God always. Always looks for the best. Never looks back, but keeps going to the end. Love never dies.
3: Glory to God. That's message version. Let's look at the Amplified Classic version. Amplified Classic. You'll probably have it on the screen faster than I can get it here, but we'll
0: see. There we go. There go.
3: All right. This is the classic version.
0: All right. Love endures long and is patient and kind. Love never is envious nor boils over with jealousy, is not boastful, or vainglorious, does not display itself haughtily, is not conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride, is not rude, unmannerly, and does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way, for it is not self-seeking. It is not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. It does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes. Is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances. And it endures everything without weakening. Love never fails, never fades out, or becomes obsolete, or comes to an end.
3: Glory to God. It will do us good. It would do you good. I've done it before, and I need to do it again. It would do you good to read this verse out loud at least once a day. These verses out loud at least once a day to yourself. It would. It would help you tremendously. Uh, we're gonna kinda of look at some of these definitions out of the King James, because if I tried, I, stry, I started to do it out of the Amplified, and whoo, that just made it harder. And I did, it, I went to do it out of the Message, and that didn't work too well either, so we're gonna go back to the King James, and we're gonna look at this. That word charity is actually the word agape, and it means love of God. That's what it means, the God kind of love. So you heard people say, well, I ain't no charity case. What they're saying is, I don't, I, I don't want any love. I don't want any love. No, you want love. You want to be accepted. If there's one thing that's true, in fact, years and years and years and years ago, when Brother Randy was asked to start doing some youth camps, he said, Lord, I don't know what to tell these teenagers. I don't, I don't know what, I, I don't know. And the Lord said, Randy. He said, it's very simple. He said, every teenager wants two things two things. Number 1, they want to be loved, and number 2, they want to be or they want to be loved and accepted, and number 2, they want to be wanted and needed. It's that simple. They want to be loved and accepted, and they want to be needed. That's it. That's it. Well, guess what? I have come to find out. That's what every adult wants, too. That's what every adult wants, too. Well, guess what? When you come into the body of Christ in a moment of time, just like that, you are loved, you are wanted, you are needed, and you are accepted. Every requirement that you have is met in the family of God. Well, I've met some mean Christians. I've met some Christians that will just, I mean, they just soon kill you and save you. I mean, they're just hateful. Why? Because they've not established their love walk. They're not walking in the love of God. That if they're truly born again, that love of God is in you. See, the moment that you—this is what we have to understand—the moment that you are born again, something on the inside changes. What is that? Your spirit becomes filled and flooded with the love of God. You become a new creature deep on the inside, but the outside has not been renewed. You, Christian, are responsible for renewing yourself. You, the Christian, are responsible for taking what happened on the inside and causing it to show up on the outside. That's what the water baptism is all about. When you get water baptized, it's not to get you saved and heaven bound. Don't ask me why we're going here. Somebody needs to hear this. Water baptism will not save you. Water baptism is a public declaration that says... I've already been born into the family of God. God is living on the inside of me. I know that I know that I am heaven bound. There's been a change on the inside. And now I am purposing to make a choice to make what is going on in the inside show up on the outside. And then when you make that public declaration, you do it in front of friends and loved ones and church members and other sinners and whoever's important to you in your life. And then from that moment forward, they're all eyes. They're watching you. They're watching you. Did you really change? Did you mean it when you went in that water? Did you mean you were coming up different? Or did you just do it because, well, I felt like I should. Or because I thought I should. Or because, well, my friend was doing it, so I I didn't want my friend to think less of me, so I made the commitment, too. Listen, if you don't put on the body of Christ after you've been water baptized, your water baptism does you no good. Your water baptism does nothing to change God. It's supposed to tell, it's supposed to be the the point of contact in your life where you begin to make visible changes. That's the moment that you go, I know I have the love of God on the inside, I'm gonna work to make the love of God show up on the outside. Lord, how do I do that? Lord said, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13 (laughs) and begin to make these things come to pass in your life. The first thing that you need to do, young Christian, is you need to learn to be patient. Be patient. Do not pray for patience. Do not. So the pul- the pastor tell me not to pray for patience. I'm telling you not to pray for patience because patience is already in you. And the moment you pray, "Father, I need some patience." He said, "Here's an opportunity to exercise it." Here's your opportunity to exercise it. <laughs> no. Charity, love, suffers long. That means that while you're suffering, you stay joyful. While you're suffering, you stay patient. While you're suffering, you stay calm. While you're suffering, you continue to have a smile on your face. While you're suffering, you're not murmuring or complaining. While you're suffering, you stay happy, happy, happy. Happy, happy, happy. We had a situation growing up trying to walk, in, walk this thing out, trying to be a fantastic example of God in front of my sister. We decided Christmas, we're going to Dollywood. We decided we're going to pile everybody up into the van. So there's my husband, myself, my sister, my mom, my brother-in-law, and my very young nephew. And we're going up here on 141, going up, you know, through Cherokee and Clingman's Doe and then into Cherokee and around to Gatlinburg, where we got just past Clingman's Down, Mom went around a corner, and here come a rock. And the rock rolled out, and she couldn't get away. She couldn't miss it, and it hit the transmission, and the oil and the transmission fluid went everywhere. There we are, Christmas Day, stuck on top of the mountain on the Tennessee-North Carolina line. Stuck. And, oh, my gosh, everybody has an idea how to handle it. My husband's idea was I'm going to hitch me a ride. So he jumped out of the car, said, I'm getting me a, I'm, I'm getting a, I'm hitching a ride. I'm going into Pigeon Forge or, or Gatlinburg. I'm going to rent, get us a rental. I'll be back. You call the insurance company. Uh, oh, I ain't even out of the car yet. Okay, bye. <laughs> Off he goes. Boom. There he goes. He's gone. I'm on the phone. I'm like, call the insurance company. I'm like, we're stuck on this mountain. They said, what what car rental place do you want to use? This is what I said. I said, I guess Enterprise because they'll come pick you up. <laughs> That's what I said. She said, I don't know if that will work on Christmas. <laughs> I said, well, somebody going to have to come get us. So long story short, finally we ended up uh, uh, in, riding in the van, and the van was on the back of a rollback. And we're going through Pigeon Forge, I mean Gatlinburg, on Christmas Day in the van like we're some type of Christmas float. (laughs) And all the people on the side of the street, they're all waving. Hey, 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 Johnny, look over here. We're in there. Princess waving. It was so bad, they were shouting to their family across the street.
2: Hey, over there. Hey, that's over the road. Check out the float.
3: Because we're in this thing. We're, we're, here we are. They're driving along. They're taking their sweet, day. It's a sweet time. You know, you come right into Gatlinburg. You know, there's that gas station right there. They pull into the gas station. We said, is this where we're going? Oh, no, we got a while to go yet. Yeah, we wanted something to drink. Y'all want anything? We said, no, we're good, thank you. <laughs> Off we went. I'm telling you what, it was an adventure. It, before, before they came and got us, I was fussing and fighting with the insurance lady. And I was getting frustrated. My patience was being worked. And my sister, who at that time was, well, she was just her, she was just a bully. She looked at me and she just said, I thought y'all were a Christian now. I thought nothing bad was supposed to happen to y'all. My redheaded temper was still being worked on at this point. And I looked at her and I said, Jesus never said we wouldn't have any problems. Jesus said that when problems arose, we were supposed to stay joyful. And I put on my big Barbie doll smile. She knew what that was. You know what the Barbie doll smile is? The Barbie doll smile is the smile that you wear when you go to the, this was when I was a kid. I'm not talking about now. When you'd go to the denominational church, church and you had to act like everything was all good and fine. And so you'd drive up in the church parking lot and you did this. And this is how your face stayed. For hours. Until you got in the parking lot, in the car, and the car was out of the parking lot, and there was nobody else around. And then you went, oh, oh my gosh!" So my sister asked me, she, so I looked at her, and I said, Jesus never said you were not having any troubles. Jesus said you're supposed to say happy and joyful in the moment. And I said, and I'm joyful. Can't you tell I'm happy, happy, happy? And she's like, oh, yeah, you're real happy. I'm like, I'm smiling, aren't I? Uh Uh-huh, see, see, patient, patient. Love is patient. Love does not lose heart. Love does not fade. It does not lose its vitality. It does not lose its life. Love does not falter. It does not weaken, wilt. It does not become despondent, having no hope. Love does not give up hope. It does not become dispirited, dejected, Or goes into the decline. Love does not waste away. Love, your patience is slow to anger and slow to punish. I'm telling you what, for a redhead, this was hard to learn. I'm telling you what, I very much so. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a old cartoon kind of girl, and I'm telling you what, you know how Donald Duck, he's all cute and his little tail's waggling and he's all happy and he's all proud. He's like, yeah, I got this going on. And he's all sweet and kind till something don't go his way. And then all of a sudden he loses his mind and he's spitting and sputtering and they've got the little thermometer on the screen and you see it rise and it goes like this and then Donald just loses it. I relate. So he said, <laughs> love is slow to anger. I said, Lord, that's a problem for me. He, I said, how do I get this under control? He said, you need to learn to breathe. Learn to breathe? He said, yeah. He said, when you feel that thermometer rising, start counting. And I would. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. He said, not like that. He said, one, one, one number for one breath. One, two, three, four. Right, that just gets you angrier because now you're short on oxygen.
2: <laughs>
3: no. He said, no, I want you to do it like this one, two. By the time you get to 10, you're pretty calm. And if you're not, you start over and you go to 20. No, love is slow to anger. Love is slow to punish. Because one of my favorite saying was, let me in there, I'll handle this. Let me get in there, I'll handle this. I know how to get the job done. See, I worked retail for years, and so when we would have a problem in a store, they not wanting to give us the price or something, there was some type of issue or something, Michael would look at me and go, this is your territory, because I knew how to get it done. I knew exactly what terminology to use. I knew exactly who to talk to and who not to talk to, and I wouldn't waste my time with the, with the regular clerk. I'd go, where's the manager? they go, oh, well, they're out. of I said, I'll stand here and I'll wait, get them. And now they're like,
2: oh, we're going to be in so much trouble, we're going to
3: be in so much trouble. Yeah, I'll fix my problem. Immediately they start fixing your problem. Not telling you how to get over on people. I'm just telling you I was quick to punish. I was quick to handle it. Love will preserve patiently And bravely in enduring misfortunes and troubles. What does that mean? It means that when misfortune comes your way, when trouble comes your way, when the devil throws a fiery dart, when the devil throws some type of something at you, you stay calm. And you stay brave. You don't get into fear. Love does not allow fear to enter in. You stay patient and you stay brave. Love is having or showing patience in spite of troubles. And I have learned this through the years. I have learned that, yeah, you can bulldoze your way through it, but you'll save a whole lot of time, a whole lot of blood pressure issues, and a whole lot of stress if you'll love your way through something, if you'll be kind to somebody. I've heard it time and time again. Now, I haven't had to deal with it. Michael's had to deal with it. Michael's put it to work. But, you know, going to the airport, your flight gets canceled, your flight gets delayed, your seat gets bumped, whatever, and everybody's having an upheaval, and and the the counter people are turning people left and right, and they're getting chewed out, Then they're they're at their ends. You go up to the counter, say, hey, how you doing? Oh, it's a bad day. I'm really sorry you're having a bad day. I pray that your day gets better. I pray that the people become more patient with you and calmer with you than they've been treating you i'm very sorry for the way you've been treated today how much you know their their stress level just went just went just dropped what can i do for you well i happen over here the last person that you know they're, they're trying to get the same place i'm trying to get to and i you know and and i know you told them that you couldn't do it and and You know, I'm I'm just asking, do you have any other alternatives? Is there any other suggestions or ideas that you might have? And they go, you know what? Had that person been nicer to me, they'd be sitting on a plane right now. Hold on. Click, 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 click. Here's your ticket. Go down there. Get on the plane. They'll be leaving in 15 minutes. It's happened time and time again. Why? Because love stays patient in spite of trouble, in spite of hardships. In spite of problems, I can't tell you people. Say, oh, those cops pull you over. You're getting a ticket every time. Just, I'm very sweet to them. I'm very kind to them. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yet, no, ma'am. No, sir. Whatever I need to be. Are you, you know, are you having an okay day? Praying for your safety. Ninety-nine percent of the time, I get off with a warning. Large percentage. Why? Because I'm kind to them. I'm nice to them. I'm walking in love too with them. See, love will change your situation. Uh, Love is not only is, now, now I want you to notice in the King James it says, charity suffereth long and is kind. And actually that and is italicized. So really it says love suffereth long is kind. Being kind is directly connected to being patient. It's not just being patient, but it's being kind while you wait and kind simply means is mild having or showing a friendly and gracious considerate nature if you walk up to somebody if you're dealing with a situation and you walk in the door i mean i've seen it i've seen people come into the door this way and i'm like oh lord they come up to the door they've already got, i mean they look like they've been baptized in prune juice they're just mad they look i'm not trying to be rude but they look like they have not used the bathroom in 2 weeks i mean they just look you know miserable is what I'm trying to say, they come to the front, they come to the door, they sling open in the door, and you're thinking, oh, gosh. Ugh. But if you'll stay smart, how are you doing today? You doing okay? I'm having a horrible, blah, 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 blah. I'm so sorry to hear that. I, I'm so sorry that's your situation. Let me see if I can do anything to remedy that. And all of a the sudden, they start to relax. Kindness will get will take you a, uh, take you a long way. Kindness will take you a long way. How are we doing on time oop we're right there at it well let 's look at love envieth not and uh, and we'll we'll kind of end on this one. Love controls the soul's emotion that 's what this means. Love envieth not. What does this mean? This means that your spirit controls. The controls the emotions, the thoughts, and the emotions of the soul. Your spirit will control your emotions. Your spirit, this love, is a refusal to feel discontented, or uh, yeah, discontented or resentful by someone else's possessions or qualities or luck. See, you control your emotions. You're driving down. You're driving the faith mobile. Just trying to get to where you need to go. And here comes one of those huge decked out beautiful mobile homes. And it's on the back of it, it's got some big nice, you know, SUV. And they've got electric bikes on that thing. And they've got a four wheeler on the trailer. And I mean, it's just money, 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 luxury, luxury, luxury. And your, and your emotions go. Must be nice to be able to have all that. What is that? That's envy. Father, I thank you that you blessed them so abundantly. Father, Father, I don't know their financial state, but, Father, if they have debt, I ask that you help them to get it paid off quickly and effectively so that they don't lose any of it and they don't carry the stress. What is that? That's refusing to envy. That's refusing to envy. I heard Jackie over here, she said, I was describing it. She said debt, you know what that is? That's trying to not envy, but that's still the voice of envy. Because you're giving, you, what, what are you doing? I'm not, being, I'm not picking on her. She, I, she knows, she's giving me permission to use her in these, in these examples. But, but, but what is that? Cause, why? Because I've done the same thing. I've said the same thing. Wow, look at that. Look at all their debt. What is that doing? It's taking me from envy directly into judgment. It's taking me from envy directly into judgment. That's not walking in love Mm -mm. because love doesn't judge. Love believes the best. What does love do? Father, I thank you that you bless them abundantly. Father, I thank you But if there's any debt, that they pay it off quickly and effectively. Father, I thank you that they have the ability to enjoy that. Father, I thank you that they've worked hard all the days of their life to be blessed by you. Because you don't know. Maybe that was the desire of their heart. Maybe they scrimped and saved and tithed and gave and maybe they're financial supporters of the kingdom. Maybe that's their, maybe, maybe they're going all over the world, preach, all over the United States, preaching the gospel and that's the vehicle and that's what they use for their downtime. Maybe that's what they're doing. You don't know, you don't know. No, envy, envy, envy. Refuse or love refuses to feel discontented. Love says, "I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be envious. I am not gonna be envious." I'll say this for a long time in our faith. Kathy and us have been in inter- church. We've been together years, forever, forever. And I remember Kathy get a new car. And here we are driving the faithmobiles. Man, that sure is a pretty Jeep. Man, that sure is a nice one. And the first, the first time it was envy. Oh, man. Well, she's a doctor. She's worked hard for that. But still, that was that, that feeling. But now when she gets a new vehicle,
2: I'm like, girl, oh, that's amazing. Look how God's blessed you. I'm so happy for
3: you. And I mean it with everything in me because she deserves it. God's blessing her. God's taking care of her. God's God says, daughter, you want it? Here you go, honey. I'm so excited to see the father take care of her. I'm so excited. Man, I was thrilled for Derek when he got this. Thrilled. Well, that's a brand new Jeep. Of course you'd be thrilled. Man, I was thrilled for Derek. The day that his dad showed up with a van with 400,000
2: miles on it. (laughs) Yeah, it still runs. Okay, <laughs> glory to
3: God.
0: Still running. Huh? Thrilled,
3: thrilled. Why? Because the Father met His faith. Met His faith. Uh, love refuses to be contentious or jealous. Notice this says refuse, which means it's your choice how you respond. It's your choice how you respond. I'm not going to be jealous. You know, Michael and I dealt with infertility for years and years and years and years. And every time I turn, about the time that I'd get settled, about the time I'd get okay, about the time I was like, Lord, you know, I don't fully understand this, but I'm okay. Somebody come up pregnant. I have desired twins. Somebody come up pregnant with twins. And I, oh, I mean, talk about having to fight the urge to be jealous having to fight the urge to say god why them they're not even living for you having to fight that i got good at it i it took me it t- i'm not gonna lie it took me a while but i finally got to when somebody said they were pregnant i said whoo lord praise lord i got to where i would bless them with baby showers I, not, not you know, and, and, and not because it was a faith act on my part. Although there was a, there there was a truth in that, but at the same time, it was Father. I refuse to be jealous. I, I I purpose in my heart to bless, to bless, to bless. See you 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 know, love is. This is what you have to understand. Love is not a feeling. Love is a choice. Love does not engage in in um
2: rivalry.
3: Rivalry. Another word. Now, does that mean? You know, my family, we have, we're big, you know, we're, my family came, my, my granddad's family's from Alabama. So, you know, we have the big Auburn Alabama rivalry. Some of the family went to Auburn, some of the family went to Alabama. And so, you know, it's always the big rivalry. But it's not that, that type of rivalry in our family, it's fun. We just kind of like to, oh, you know, I, you know, oh, I know you're, you know, you're get, you know, oh, Alabama's coming out on top. Oh, no, it's going to be Auburn. You know, we like to kind of, you know, but that's a fun type of rivalry. No, this type of rivalry is when there's a lot of contention. You know, if they were, get, if my family was getting in fights over it, that would be wrong. But we weren't getting in fights over it. it refused, uh, love refuses to to get into a conflict. Refuses to get into a conflict. Love refuses to struggle. Love refuses to get into strife. Do you know how many churches are split because of strife? Preach. Love. Love. Listen. The church ever gets into, into strife, I'll tell you what we're preaching on. We're preaching on love till you get past it. Amen. Come on. Because if you're in love, you'll get past it. At some point, you'll say, you know what? It's not my decision. It's not my choice. I trust that they prayed and heard from heaven. And if that's what they want to do, that's what they're going to do. And if they've missed it, well, Lord, I ask that you bring them to correction and you help them get past it. Come on, love prays. Love doesn't fight. Love doesn't feud. Love doesn't get into dissension. Love doesn't get into discord. Love is not why (laughs) antagonism. Love does not just antagonize one and the other. They don't just... Ooh, just, just, I'm, I'm just flaunting myself just to aggravate you and make you mad. That's antagonizing somebody. That's saying, come on, come on. Just, just, just trying to get them riled up. Love doesn't do that. Love does not create a fraction. It doesn't create a discord between people. It doesn't cause a splitting. Love does not get into enmity. Love does not, where there's love, there's no room for hate. Enmity is hate. Where there's love, there's no room for hate. None. Well, I just hate so-and-so. They're so obnoxious. You, they're always in my seat. They're always trying to take my seat. And they got a, or they're trying to sit in front of me. And they've got a big head. And they've got a big mouth. And they're creating all kinds of problems for me. And they, That's hate. That's not love. How about, man, i sure am glad they like to get close to the anointing. <laughs> I mean, I've, you, know, you find something. You can't find anything. Well, they sure do have pretty teeth. They got a nice. Father, <laughs> Father, I thank you. They got. Father, look at that. They got good taste in shoes. I mean, find something. Find anything. Find something. Get out of the hate. Get out of hate. Come on. Uh, we'll go through the rest of these because we're out of time. Because the Holy Ghost had His way this morning, which is a wonderful thing. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, tonight, it is prayer and healing school, and tonight, we're going to be talking about uh, fear, worry, anxiety, and casting your care, Uh, because fear, worry, and anxiety can actually create sickness in your life. It can bring sickness in your life, it can bring lack in your life, so I want to teach you how to pray away fear how to pray pray away worry and anxiety we're going to teach you how to cast it and we're going to teach you how to recognize if you have truly cast those things off so uh we'll do that tonight at six we'll gather at five thirty, have a short time of prayer and then we'll do the words and, and then we'll get into prayer and healing school at six and then wednesday night and then again um all of this equipment that's in this back hallway um we need to go through it and uh Get it in position to where we can sell it, um, and we're not selling it for a huge price or anything like that. Um, the, the church, the church is not in financial debt. Let me make this very clear: we're not selling it because the church has a need for finances. We're selling it because uh, it was stuff that we acquired uh, when we to, when we took over an older ministry, um, and we just don't have a use for it. We just don't. Um, and so we're going to sell it at a very reasonable price. And if the Lord leads us to, to donate some of it, we will. But um, any money that comes in, what any money that comes in will do is uh, we'll use that either to take care of some needs that we have in the sound booth or we may use some of it uh, to do a book order. One of the two. Either way, it's going 100% of it's going right back into the ministry is what I'm saying. And, you know, and that's just a resource that God you know, left us, and so that's what we're going to do. Derek, come on by faith. Um, glory to God, you took off this morning. I'm so proud of you. Uh, the second time you came around, you were walking as smooth. I don't know if you realized it, but there was absolutely zero limp in you whatsoever. You were walking as normal as possible. And I thought, Lord, you're an amazing worker. You want to bless the tithe and the offering?
0: Oh Lord we thank you for this 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 bread that you've given us this morning. We thank you that 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 you have given us the bread of life. That you've given us this bread of your word that we can eat on it that we can, that it will nourish our spirits and our souls that 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 we can grow and we can draw closer to you Lord. We thank you for for allowing us to, to meditate on this bread and, and to and to bring it further and deeper into our lives that, that we can draw closer to you as you draw closer to us. Lord, we just love you and we thank you for your blessings. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for your Son. We thank you for everything that you've done for us, Lord. You have done so much more than we can ever repay. And, Lord, we want to see your work done here on earth as it is in heaven. This is why we give unto your kingdom. We give with a generous heart and a, and a, and a grateful heart that, that to see your work done, Lord. We ask that you bless this offering, that it go further than we can ever ask, hope, or thank towards the doing of your work here on this earth. And, Lord, we just, we just ask that you make us a better Uh, that you bless us, that we can become a bigger blessing blessing. for you and for your kingdom. Lord, we just love you, and we want to see your work done. Satan, we bind you in the name of Jesus. You cannot come to steal, kill, and destroy. We stand against you. We are armed against you, and we will not fail. We will have the victory. The victory is already ours through Jesus Christ, and you you must flee in Jesus' name. Thank you,
3: Father. Father, we release the angels in Jesus' name. We thank you that your word is true and your word is ever working. And, Father, we thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Derek, you can serve the people. Father, we thank you. We honor you. We glorify you. Thank you, Father. Well, go get some lunch. Go get some rest. Somebody's going to eat. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am.